Hi, it's Ian Brody of ianbrody.com here and welcome to the Authority Marketing Podcast where we explore with consultants, coaches, other professionals how they became a leader in their field and some of the strategies, tools and techniques that you can use to do the same in your field. With me today is Jane Mason. Jane is the founder and director of Virtuous Bread, which is a social enterprise dedicated to making it fun and easy for people around the world to make, find and learn about good bread and in doing so, forge the link between bread and virtue. She's also the director of Gingerbread Girl, which makes money by commercialising creativity, writing, baking and strategy consulting. Welcome to the podcast, Jane. Thank you very much. Now, Jane, we used to work together in, at uh, Gemini Consulting uh, back in the 90s. And back then, you were one of the leading lights in the strategy practice, which is ostensibly a very rational, left brained brain kind of activity yet here you are today you're still doing strategy but you're also focused on creativity on virtue doing good all rolled in with making bread what's the story of how you got to where you are now well it's yeah i suppose it's been um an interesting little journey i i although genuinely i i honestly feel like everything i've ever done in my life has led me to this point Mm. Um, and I, I actually genuinely feel like, you know, virtuous bread is managing me, um, not the other way around, ah. which is, which is, I think, a, a very key aspect of anyone who wants to run a business is if you follow your passion, it, it just it's like it runs you and not the other way around, which makes it a lot more instinctive and intuitive mm. and ah. obvious um, and a great deal more fun than, than battling against something. Um, I think, you know, at the end of the day, I run a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the strategy skills that I developed when I was working at Gemini are very critical. And the analytical skills, the financial analysis skills, you know, using an Excel spreadsheet, using a PowerPoint presentation, all of those things, um, communication skills, people skills, all of the sort of consulting toolkit is something that I still use because I have to meet people, I have to sell to people, I have to sell ideas, I have to sell bread, I have to teach and instruct people. So a lot of the skills that aren't necessarily obvious, mm-hmm. or I should say aren't necessarily obviously transferable to from that to this, actually are, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. But what was it, though, that uh, made you want to do that kind of switch and focus on something different rather than, as so many consultants do, either continue up the career path in a large consulting firm or setting up on themselves just as a solo consultant doing what they used to do back when they worked for a corporate? Well, I I actually did both of those. So after I left Gemini, I was a partner at the Monitor Company, Mm -hmm. which is a strategy consulting boutique. And I was a partner there for five years, so I did get to the top of my profession. Mm-hmm. And then I was an independent consultant. So in 2005, I left Monitor and I became a freelance consultant. But one of the things about becoming a freelance consultant is it does give you more time. So I had more time to focus on things like writing, um, you know, like the baking, mm-hmm. and um, did a lot of traveling, you know, did a lot of reading. And um, during that time, I also did an independent research project. And when I, it makes it sound very grand. It's just I wanted to develop some ideas. And I spent a summer interviewing kind of 25 luminary thinkers in the UK about the nature of virtue. And that was bubbling along in the background at the same time as I started doing a lot of baking. And somehow the two of them just came together 
in virtuous bread uh, because I noticed how I felt and how people around me reacted when I baked bread and when I shared bread. And I became very interested in the relationship building aspects of bread. And also the, for me, the definition of virtue is the behaviors that we see when we're building relationships. Mm -hmm. So actually the two of them just naturally fit together. And I know there's a degree of serendipity in that answer, but I think in a way, maybe that's, maybe that's why it works. Mm, and so it sounds, sounds like it certainly wasn't a, almost a, a calculated exercise you went through of what would be a great market niche to enter where I could make lots of money. It was something that essentially called out to you that you discovered uh, through the process of, of doing things that interested you and you had a passion yes. for. Yes. Excellent. But but after you'd kind of discovered that, um, you, you took your business into that arena um, it's obviously a very unique niche um, in the early days did, did you ever worry about whether there'd actually be a market for what you had to offer oh massive massive huge black holes of doubt ah. um, oh no no there were frequent times when I would sit you know I mean the idea is less than a year old is it no it's about a year old the mm. idea maybe just over a year old and certainly for the first nine months of it I thought I'm crazy this is completely stupid. Who would ever want to do this? Who would ever want to buy this? It's just stupid. Mm. Now, I don't actually think that anymore at all, simply because it's it's very, you know, that it's very in demand. You know, people are very interested. People are signing up for it. People are engaged in it. Um, so I no longer have doubts that the concept has legs. Mm. Um, now it's a whole different thing. Now the, the doubts aren't so much about the idea, but about me being able to um, capitalize on the idea as as you know as, as much as I could do. Right. Right. And in, in those first nine months, and what gave you the strength to kind of push through those doubts about whether the idea would work or not? I mean, partly it was talking to friends, mm -hmm. um, and partly you know who said no, 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 it's a good idea, it's a good idea, you know, don't be silly, and partly and other friends just said, well, look, you know, are you having fun? Because if you're having fun, aside from this black pit of despair that you're in just at the moment, um, are you are you enjoying yourself? Because you know you can always go back to consulting, so you know don't don't worry about it. Um, and then I think also I, I I gave myself a year, so you know, and then people would say, but come on, you gave yourself a year, and it's only been nine months. Yes. So I think what was very important is to give myself a deadline at which point I would decide whether or not the idea had legs. And so it was it was very encouraging when people reminded me of that. Yeah, so almost you were, because uh, of, of the kind of fear early on, you were almost cutting yourself off too early, way ahead of your original planned deadline. So your, your support network of friends and others you talked to were able to help you get through that. Yeah, but I think it's important to have a time frame and, mm. and, and, to, and to stick to that time frame. And so um, what's, what, what's, in your view, is, is, has been the difference but that, that's meant that your business has taken off, that you've now seen feedback from people that they, they really want it? Um, what's helped you to get into the marketplace and, and begin to establish a name where people are... Or, or, you know, or, or raising their eyebrows, for perhaps, or, or, or picking up the phone and, uh, and actually contacting you and, uh, and getting interested in what you're doing. 
Um, I, that's that's a very good question. I mean, firstly, the evidence. So, so virtuous bread does any number of things, and one of which is uh, we just you know have baking classes, teaching people how to bake bread. And we also have a, um, a whole program called Bread Angels, which is teaching people how to set up a home baking business. Mm-hmm. Um, we also do um, and, and I, you know, there are people who work with me to do that. And then I do um, sessions with very senior executives, you know, a board meeting, basically. Mm-hmm. But when rather than just, um, you know, going to the loo and having a cup of tea in the break, we actually bake bread. As a sort of um, mental break from the, the yeah. machinations that are going on in their heads in the earlier parts. Correct, and then we. But the the whole point is that we then eat that bread for lunch. You know, ah. so so it's 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 um, you know, it's about creating something that is then shared and consumed. Mm. Um, and we also do quite a bit of volunteer work. So I bake uh, once a month in a prison, once a month at a children's school, once a month with an old people's home, and I'm going to start working with kids company who are a center for quite, uh, you know, excluded children. So that, that's what we do, you know, 80%. And how do I know it's successful? Well, the classes are now sold out for the entire summer. Mm-hmm. So every single class is at capacity, and people are asking me when the autumn schedule is. Um, the Bread Angels are, you know, again, sold out, um, and people are saying, you know, can you come to Scotland and do bread angels? Can you come to Wales and do bread angels? Can you come to Northern Ireland and do bread angels? You know, is there a bread angel down in Exeter? So, you know, demand is starting to come in. Um, I've done three executive sessions, um, which were all very well received. And I get, um, you know, emails every day from people saying, you know, can you come bake bread with us? Can you come bake bread with us? And, you know, if it's on a voluntary basis, I have to say no because I'm at capacity. Um, and if it's paid, then it depends on, on how I fit it into my schedule. So so how I know it's successful is because, you know, there is demand yes, and, yes. And, and we're actually making money, which is amazing. Now, we div- I think we generated interest by a couple of things. One is um, I went to a conference in the autumn and I met a woman who is a freelance journalist, and she wrote a couple of articles in, you know, major newspapers. Yes, I saw the, the Times, the Telegraph, the Independent, a lot of the, yeah. uh, the, the exactly. rather good papers over here. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, um, you know, I've been very fortunate to get some extremely good and extremely complimentary um, press coverage, and that is just that's invaluable in terms of, of um, driving traffic to the website, raising the profile of the business. And getting people interested. And did you? It sounds like you're also getting now. Once you've got some momentum going, you're getting quite a lot of word of mouth. People recommending you. People who see maybe what some of the other bread angels are doing, and and it, it just whole generating momentum in its own right. Yes, I hope so. I mean, obviously, referrals, and, and we always say this to our clients. You know, referrals are the best way to um, to generate business because it's absolutely free, and it means that you have a satisfied customer. So. I'm hoping that more and more people who have come and taken a class or become a bread angel, you know, do refer virtuous bread to, you know, their friends and families. Mm. Now, you've also you've also also used your website as a bit of a hub of activity. You're a kind of Mm -hmm. avid blogger. And as you say, the uh, the 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 PR side in terms of the 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 stuff on you in the press has brought traffic to the website. Um, What have you been trying to do on the website to get people hooked in, engaged and and brought more into your community? Um, Okay, so the website is part of the, you know, when you talk about the vision of the company being to make and find and learn about good bread. 
Um, you know, on the website, what I help people do is make good bread. So there are kind of training videos. Um, people can watch a video of me making bread and maybe learn how to make good bread. Um, they can find good bread. There's something called the Virtuous Network, which lists really good bakers that I have discovered in different you know, parts of the UK and different parts of the world. And they can learn about bread. There are recipes there. There are stories about bread. There's a whole section called Bread in Conversation or International Bread Adventures. Um, there are funny little sketches of you know, the inside of the fridge of a famous person and what they do with the ingredients in that fridge you know, as regards bread. So, you know, they're, 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 it's, it's just more fun and informative content to engage people. And obviously, I use things like Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn to drive people to engage with the website. And through the website, they can book classes. And, and it sounds like on the, on the website, you've, you've not just gone for the, the sort of the professional content with learning. You've, obviously, you've got the videos, um, the other resources, the links, etc. But you've tried to make it entertaining and interesting as well. Oh, yeah. I think it has to be entertaining and interesting. I mean, you know, this, it's bread. So this is hardly, um, I don't know, the, 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 the Union Carbide gas leak. You know, this is, this is bread and it, it should be, it should be lighthearted and it should be entertaining and it should be interesting. And, and there's obviously a serious side because obviously, you know, virtuous bread is interested in good bread, um, as the product of a, of a good process. So there's some things in there about milling and about farming and, um, you know, there'll be some articles on organic and, yeah, but but I, it should. I want it to draw people in. I want people to stay and click around and look at it and and be engaging. With yeah, that. I guess have a place where they. I guess if they're getting emails or, or they're they're subscribing to blog updates, they look forward to receiving them. Not just because not and not they don't just come there because it's got useful recipes. They come there because they enjoy coming there. Yeah, well, I hope so. And uh, the have you also. Um, you, you talked about resources and linking to international and discussions. Are, are you beginning to establish almost a network of other people? Um, I guess no one's in your field completely, but of, of other people with the same interests, the same passions for bread and, and the things you're doing. Is, is that networking beginning to come, network beginning to come together? Oh, absolutely. And actually that network comes together very, very quickly because – you know, there are lots and lots of, you know, very um, enthusiastic and talented home bakers in the world. And there are plenty of excellent, um, you know, small commercial artisanal bakers in the world. Um, there are all sorts of, you know, communities of bakers with whom, you know, everybody engages with each other. And that's on the bread front. Right. And then right. on the kind of community building side, there are lots of other people who are trying to change the world or trying to, you know, conduct social change either using food or using the arts or using, you know, bird walks or whatever. And that's another network to, with whom I engage. Mm. And it's almost, uh, it almost seems more, you know, if you were just doing this on a purely commercial perspective of, you know, this is, this is a way of making money, then I guess people would be much, much less willing to connect and help than the fact you've got a, there's a purpose behind your business. Well, that's a very interesting question. I, I would turn that over and I would say, if you want to make money, you have to help other people. Mm. You know, that's, it's called customer service. It's called stakeholder management. You know, if you want to be purely rational about it, you can say, well, nobody does anything unless there's some element of self-interest. Um, 
I don't know what I believe about that. That's a longer discussion for another time. <laughs> but, you know, but the issue is simply that I think that you it's a business. You have to treat people well and fairly. And you have to hope that if you help somebody, somebody else will help you. That's the way the world goes around. Yeah, so you're so, getting reciprocation not just from, from customers giving them great service, but from the other people you're networking with, who you, you're, in a way, allying with to, to help good causes, etc. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the Internet is so immediate. It's very, very – people are very quick to spot, and I'm very quick to spot. You know, people in the, in the social media world – who are takers and not givers. Right. Right. And it's very easy to spot them. The people who are self-interested, they don't respond. They talk about themselves all the time. Uh, you know, they never retweet anything. Yeah, they never yeah. drive to any other website but their own. It's always I, 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 me, me, me. Look what I did. Look what I did. And everybody knows who they are. And you decide whether or not you want to engage with them. Mm. And I would suggest that most people don't because they're not reciprocal. Mm. You know, social media is all about reciprocity. And because it's so quick, uh, you you know, you better be interested in developing relationships or no one's going to play with you. Right. So in the, in the face-to-face world, historically, you could get away with being a, a more of a taker than a giver for a few, good few years just because of lack of feedback. But now it's so visible well, Who's also, doing all the giving know, and the I taking? Have, I have, you know, I have, and I would never rubbish anybody in public, but I have 1,500 followers. Or if you go, which is not very many, you know, compared to some people. But if you go on to, I mean, a classic example is, um, it's Facebook, so it's not Twitter. But if you go on to KitchenAid, which is the manufacturer of my mixer, you know, they've got 30,000 fans. Mm. So if somebody makes a complaint, it's possibly read by 30,000 people. Very quickly. Very quickly yeah. As opposed to a letter of complaint, which is only ever read by somebody in the customer services department. So, you know, everything is just much more public. It's much more transparent. And you're mm. right. In the face-to-face world, you could probably get away with being a butthead for a while because there was a very small audience. Um, and if somebody turned around and said, oh, that person's a real butthead, you know, the person to whom they spoke would say, oh, you know... Their relationship is made of two sides and, you know, maybe they were in a bad mood or maybe you angered them. But, you know, when you have thousands of people witnessing interactions, it's, um, as I say, it's, it's, it's very immediate. Um, and, and the results are, are pretty clear. You know, people in the social media world are interested in reciprocity. That's, very, That's interesting, very, interesting, very interesting. Very interesting. Hey, quick question about your the going back to the 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 great PR you got from the that independent journalist. The was that because you were early on you were kind of putting yourself out going to conferences or was it completely by accident? Um, I think that what's very important when you start a business is you you have to invest time in in getting out and about. And I, thankfully, because I bake, um, I've got great currency in lovely, lovely loaves of bread. And um, I, there's a man, a very nice man called Satish Kumar, who runs something called Resurgence. And he's passionate about baking bread and very well known. I mean, he's a rock star in his field. And I sent him a loaf of bread and asked if I could interview him. And he said, absolutely. Why don't you come to the conference and we can chat afterwards? And I went to the conference and it was at that conference that I met. Uh, the journalist. Right. Right. So it was, yes, it was going to the conference, but it wasn't just wandering along to a conference. It was having a very, a very clear strategy for how you're going to connect with the right people. Oh, absolutely. And as I said, my currency is bread. So, you know, I basically made a list of all of the food editors of all of the national newspapers and the most important magazines, um, you know, baked about 
30 loaves of bread and sent them in a post with a press release. Ah. So I, yeah, I have been extremely strategic about building awareness. And who, who uh, unlike, and unlike a letter um, for a press release, someone's going to open a parcel that contains a loaf of bread. Oh yeah. And they're going to, you know, they'll either think it's, it's wonderful or they'll think it's weird or they'll engage with it, but they'll certainly remember it. You'll get some reaction. Absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. So f- final question, Jane, for someone who's a consultant or another advisor who's maybe on the same path as you, maybe is, is jumping to becoming an independent um, a bit earlier than you did um, before they really made it to the top, but who'd like to carve out their own niche and become known in their field, what would your advice for them be? Where should they start? Well, I always remember when I was a you know a joiner, a new consultant at Gemini, there was a guy, you might remember Ant Moore, mm. Anthony Moore. And Anthony Moore did a presentation to the new strategy consultants, and he said, here's my word of advice. Get good at something and get known for it. And he said, it doesn't matter if it's photocopying. But if you're really good at photocopying and you get all the photocopies done on time, to budget, 100% of the time, you will always be in demand. People will always ask you to be on their project. And so just extrapolate that advice. I think people need to get good at something and get known for it. You know, but and th- th- those are two very distinct things. You know, there are plenty of people who can bake in the world. Um, but I think the combination of the baking and the bread as a catalyst for social change is unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my, you know, I'm very passionate and very energetic, which you need to be. And then you can't be shy about talking about it, even if you think it's a wacky idea. Um, you know, you have to tell people about it. You have to create pull for your concept. Um, and whether that's through social media or going to conferences or, you know, starting a blog or writing in the local paper, it doesn't really matter. But you need to get good at something and get known for it. And, you know, maybe that's not very concrete advice, but... You know, if you if you're just the same as everyone else, you have to think, well, fine, I'm I'm the same as everybody else, but what is it that I do that's just that little bit different or that little bit special? Mm. You know, it's actually, you know, it's actually it's very surprising the number of people you see who either are very good at something, but they're they're light as hid under the bushel, as it were. Yeah. Or the yeah. other way around. You know, people yeah. who want to be well known, but they haven't put the effort into getting very good at something. Yeah, exactly. It, and and I think you do need both, and that's. You know, that's why it's a challenge. And the other thing you need, of course, is a great big modicum of luck. Well, that's very modest of you. That's very modest of you. But uh, it sounds like your your luck and all your efforts are are, are paying off for you right now. So that's absolutely brilliant. Jane, it's been a fantastic interview. Thank you very much. Um, for. Anyone who wants to find out more about uh, Virtuous Bread or all the things that you do, where should they go? They can come to the website, which is www.virtuousbread.com, or they can email me, and it's jane at virtuousbread.com. Excellent. Excellent. And I do encourage people to do so because you've you've had a a really interesting journey that I think lots of people listening to this would really be inspired by because it's, it's a little bit different. It's really taking your passions... And, uh, and there goes my phone in the background. Isn't that fantastic? Right at the end. <laughs> but it's really following your passion, doing, having the courage to do something different and then making a success of it, which is, which is great. So thank you very much, Jane. And, uh, Pleasure. 
we shall, I'm sure, speak again soon. Cheers. Fantastic. Thank you. 